Thessalonians 3. Well, it sure is good to see y'all. Some of you don't look quite as good as this building. <laughs> this is really nice. I congratulate you for it. Compliment you. God never asks us to be the best, just give him your best. I'm not the best at nothing, but I want to give him my best. And a lot of times I had not done that, but he's always given me his best. Thank you, brother. Isaiah for preaching the truth. Yeah, amen. Old Jephthah, he rose, rose above all that risk. You think about it. Boy, those stories got some real meaning to them. And I'm glad you went to Hebrews 11. I was over there looking at that before you got there. Samson, David, and Samuel, and right between them is Jephthah. I'd say God thought something of him. See, a lot of times you read people's lives and see a few failures and you miss the whole ball of wax. God doesn't look at one day in your life. He looks at the culmination of your whole life. Well, we better be glad for that. We're not judged on one day. We're judged on life and the motive. That's why God is easy to serve if you walk with him because he looks at your motive. Your motive means more to God than what you do. It's why you do it. That's it. You do it for the right reason, he'll accept it. Even if it's flawed in a lot of ways. That's where a parent is with their children. There's a lot of things. You're not going to jump on the child that gave it their best and had the right motive. And failed to take a little old child trying to learn how to walk and they fall. Because you know they're going to fall. When the Lord saved you, he knows what he got when he got you. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And uh, he loved you anyway. Amen. Give you something you can do that's important. You say, well, I'll never be known. Maybe you don't need to be known here, but you can be known there. Amen. And Satan can know who you are. Satan don't fear you. He'll fear you. If he ain't fighting, he don't fear you. If he's fighting you, that's about a compliment. He fights who he fears because... It's not us, it's the God in us. He's horrified you'll get a hold of that thing. And you'll turn loose and you'll let go and let Christ live his life through you and then he's defeated. He can't handle the Holy Ghost. He can handle us, he can't handle him. And when the Holy Ghost is handling us, it's so he can handle him. The greatest glory that God can ever get out of your life is taking a flawed individual and save you and fill you with the Holy Spirit and defeat the most powerful entity in the universe outside of God with a human being. Now you talk about God getting glory. I mean, you being able, just you and me, being able to back down the one that had so much power of persuasion and was so impressive in his appearance and in his musical ability. And he was the anointed cherub that covereth. And he was so powerful, one third of all the angels of heaven, right there in front of God, followed him instead of God. That's a pretty powerful individual. But one of God's little old children can plead the blood of Christ and the name of Jesus and pray and back him down. Isn't that good? That's better than any David and Goliath story you ever read. Because you're David, you're little David. And the devil's Goliath. But he's a whole lot bigger than that was in the Bible. That's right. He ain't everywhere, he ain't omnipotent at all. And he's not omniscient and he's not omnipresent. But I'll tell you what, he got a whole lot working for him. This thing ain't fair, man. It ain't even fair. I mean, here's the devil. It's like going over here to some little three-year-old kid and you putting cookies in front of him. And tell him, said, here, Mom and Dad, and I'm going to leave the room for about 10 minutes. When I come back, you better leave them cookies alone. Well, you're tempting the kid with what they want to do. Satan tempts you with what he knows you want. He's not tempting you with something don't bother you. He knows the chink in your armor. That's what he's aggravating you about. He studied you. He knows. He knows how to come at you. 
Oh, yeah. And he's got an ally inside of us called the fifth column. And you've heard me tell this. You've heard this all your life probably that in a military conflict, if the Germans or the Nazis, if they're fighting, let's say, in Stalingrad or Leningrad and they got it besieged, boy, they got a real advantage if they've got the fifth column on the inside. If they got people and dissidents on the inside that'll rise up against the people in that city and fight with those on the outside. That's your fallen nature. That's why Satan's so effective against us. Because our own nature sells us out. And our nature is God's enemy. And our nature loves sin. Like a hogging slop. Your own nature loves lust, anger. Drunkenness, pride, jealousy, loves it. You know why? Because your nature is just like a nature of Satan, that's why. That's how Satan knows us so good, because we're so much like it. You say that offends me. Well, you better read your Bible, because sin produces a nature. When Satan sinned, it produced a nature, and when man sinned, it produced the same nature. You tell me one thing about Satan that ain't true about a man. There's not one. He's, he's full of rebellion. He's full of anger. He's full of bitterness. He's full of enmity. That sounds like us. He, he got a double dose of pride. See, see what I'm saying? That's our nature. That's why Christ said, you're of your father, the devil. We got the same nature. Now you need to get over getting offended at that. It'll help you understand the battle you're in. It'll help you to know why you've got such difficulty living for God. Because your own, your own nature is your worst enemy. If, if it wasn't for that old nature on the inside, Satan wouldn't have a thing to tempt you with. You can't tempt me with jumping off the Empire State Building. I know I can't fly. But you can tempt me with other things. That's right. A man's downfall is his eyes. Job made a covenant with his eyes not to look on a maiden. You get your eyes under control, you're under control. Woman's weakness is her ears. What she hears. That's why she can be so easily seduced if she's looking for it. Well, ain't no need you looking at me like that. You know I'm telling you the truth. If I know that, you know the devil knows that. He knows that. And anyhow, so what we need to do is we need to rebel against the devil, not against God. Let's rebel against this culture. Uh, yeah. Yeah, amen. Yeah. amen. Yeah. Brother Jason's got this song up here, His Love Lights Away, and there's a, there's a part for the men to sing and the women to sing. What about the other genders? <laughs> you talk about a messed up mess we're living in. Did you hear John Kennedy, senator from Louisiana, reading one of those books? Brother Paul and uh, is, is leading a big effort to get all that trash out of our schools. They're wanting that. That ain't fit for mom and daddy to even read. Let alone let what kind of a pedophile would want a five-year-old kid reading such garbage and junk? But he's Satan's going after the kids, friend. He's going after the lambs now. He done put the sleep, the sheep to sleep. He's after the lambs. He's raising up a generation of the Antichrist. Have you watched all these young people across America shooting everybody and 10 year old kids killing people, filming it, laughing about it? I'm talking about reprobated when they're children. What's doing all of that? The government schools are doing that. And they ain't got no daddy and mommy home that's got any conviction. And they never heard a leather lung preacher ever say anything how they think going to church is going to sleep. That's right. Or going down there to another rock show. You can't outdo, you can't outdo these rock boys. What are you trying to outdo the rock boys with? Rock and roll in the church. Come on now. Lord have mercy. If I'm going to go hear rock music, I sure ain't going to go hear it in church. Church can't compete with them guys. You know what I'm telling you, right? So we need to be different. How are you different? What makes church different? The presence of God is what makes it different. That's what the world can't substitute. 
That's what these modern day outfits called churches, they can't substitute that. They can substitute uh, all of this fanfare and celebration and man, it's like going down uh, to a, I mean, a ball game. It's the same atmosphere, same spirit. And I'm telling you, ball games have power, friend. You don't believe ball games got the power? You go to some high school or college or pro game. Buddy, there's a power there. And when them fans get to screaming and hollering and carrying on, I mean, you feel that power. You go down to Atlanta Braves Stadium and have Tommy Hawk stuff, when they do that all around that thing, I mean, there's power in that. Man, you can feel it. You go up here and watch Marshall or West Virginia or go down to Tennessee, anywhere you want to go. But there's power in that music. Power in them fans. And we love that. We, we enjoy that. But it's a power. You can put that same power in the church. The same thing. It's fleshly excitement and emotion. But the presence of God will humble you. It'll put a tear in your eye. It'll make you shout about how good he is and how sorry you are. Now I believe in heaven. I believe in heaven that the Lord's going to forget our sins. That means they're not going to be held against us. But I don't believe God will ever, ever, ever let you forget how depraved you were. Or it couldn't be grace. How could you understand grace if you didn't know the pit he pulled you out of? God don't have to remind you of all your sin. But he's going to show you like you've never seen how depraved and dark you were. And how the light cut. You want to you you make a comparison between God and man? It's the same comparison between light and darkness. Light's God, darkness is man. We'll never, for the endless ages to come, he'll show the riches of his grace. How can it be grace if you didn't deserve it? How can you know what you didn't deserve if you don't remember what you were? So just think on those thoughts before you dismiss them. We're going to know then what grace really is and what we really are. We ain't never see what we could be. Hey, a lot of things I ain't done I could have done. I want to thank God for not just what he forgave me of, what he saved me from. I could be a serial killer tonight. Go down the list. That same fallen nature that was in Adolf Hitler is in me. Boy, when you get a hold of that, you won't strut much. You'll shout a lot, though. Oh, yeah. Baptist can strut sitting down. That's exactly right. I forget the guy's name I heard say that. Oh, he's in heaven now. He's a great preacher. Anyhow, but the Lord's good. Man, he's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> Brother Jason, those windows open. <laughs> fake news, fake news. The windows don't open. <laughs> I thought he'd have some of them guys when he preach on the devil, something happened coming through them windows, you know. That sermon over there in the Old Testament, Satan looking through the, death looking through the windows. This is so beautiful. I'm so honored to be here. Your pastor, that, that is gung-ho. I like gung-ho people. He's gung-ho. Good to be here with you. All you good grace people, Brother Larry Winkler and Brother Paul Deal and Brother Isaiah Green. I mean, hallelujah, God is just, he's blessed this church. These men being here. Man, you got Brother Larry been this thing. Longer most y'all's even been alive, preaching the gospel and seeing God do great things. And uh, all them, it's untelling. He might know it'd be hundreds, maybe 2,000 revivals. It's untelling how many he's preached. Now, we're talking about a warrior here and a soldier. Amen. And when you hear him, you hear him one of God's best. Stay with it all these years. Ain't changed a bit. Ain't changed a bit. He probably, like me, just gets a little tireder when he preaches it, but he's still enthused and got passion about what he's saying. Amen. 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 So let's ask the Lord to give us some good days. I think he already is. I want to thank these people for singing. Yes. Brother Delbert, thank you. Y'all you, done real good. And uh, Brother Ruth, done, everything, everything's been just good. Amen. It's just wonderful. Amen. And I thank God for you caring about the Lord enough to be here and... Uh, God's got something we can all do. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Second Thessalonians 3, verse number 1. 
family, brethren. Yeah, that sounds like most preachers like me say this is my last point. I'll be done here in about two hours. Finally, brethren, pray for us. He didn't say just pray for me. He said pray for us. That the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. So the main thing he's praying is that the word of the Lord will run swiftly, will run unhindered. That's talking about, that's talking about a train load of liberty. Boy, hey, you like to preach with enough liberty, you got some to spare. Amen. That's what he's talking about. That the word of God, that, that, that the word won't just go out in power, it'll be received in power. Amen. That that connection between the pulpit and the pew will be made. What good's preaching God's word? Nobody gets hold of it. Yeah. He's praying, oh God, let it go out in boldness and clarity and fervency and compassion, everything it needs to go forth with. And he's talking about an open door. We may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not the faith. So, first thing, he's saying, God, let the word of God pray that the word will have free course. Yeah. And then he's praying that we'll be delivered from all the unreasonable people that want to shut down preaching. I could go somewhere there, Brother Jody. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Amen. Amen for that. Talking about that faithless. We have confidence in the Lord touching you that you both do and will do the things which we command you. I'm going to talk to you about breath. Pray for us. Brother William, pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Give you praise, honor, and glory, Lord. God, deliver us from ourselves. God, I'm on my greatest enemy. Deliver me from me. Oh, God. The potential, the power, the open door that's represented in this place. God, we pray that you touch your hand. Lord, you've got something to say. God, we pray that you don't we pray, God, that you would liberate him, Lord. God, you give him liberty to preach. Give your people liberty to receive. Lord, and liberty to change our hearts and our minds and our direction. Great God, we pray that you move on us and deal with us, Lord, and handle us and apprehend us, Lord. God, apprehend our will. Loose your word, Lord. Bless your man. Unctionize him, Lord. Unction him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what you got here is Paul's bearing his heart. And uh, you know when you go to God in prayer, you got to be transparent. That's what Jesus told a woman at the well. You got to worship God in spirit and in truth. Not just the truth of God, but the truth about yourself. Amen. When you go to God in prayer, you just tell him the whole thing. He already knows it. He just wants you to confess it so he can deliver you from it. So Paul's bearing his heart. Thank God for people. You don't bear your heart to just anybody. You gotta be close to somebody to buy your heart. You gotta trust them they're not, that they're not gonna turn around like some hog and rend you with it and kill and wound your spirit. Somebody you can trust that will understand where you're coming from. So Paul is bearing his heart to the church here and begging them to pray and, and to intercede on his behalf because he's being greatly hindered. So we see here how then in Second Thessalonians, he is ministering here in the city of Corinth and he's right to the church at Thessalonica. So Paul is wanting the church at Thessalonica to pray for him. This is in the process of this church being built. I believe of all the churches that Paul ministered to, those he started by the Holy Ghost and those that he helped get established, I believe the one that gave him the most heartache, heartbreak, it's a church of glory. Yeah. I mean, he started this church and these bunch of devils in there got the question is apostleship. I mean, he wrote three letters. We got two of them in the canon of scripture. Aren't you glad God inspired his word and preserved his word? Amen. Thank God it's been inspired and been preserved. Amen. We got the truth. So Paul, he is wanting prayer. 
He's in here in Corinth. Man, they're putting him down. Paul's a little short man. Wasn't even five foot tall. That's what history says. And he had a hunchback. He'd been beat so bad. And his, uh, his appearance was weak. He wasn't a big, strong man standing up there with a strong fiscal presence. He was just a little man, hunchback, and he had a real shrill voice. And he was hard to listen to. Here's the greatest man since Jesus Christ and got the fire of God and the apostle and wrote probably 14 New Testament books and they're poking fun at him. They're making fun of his delivery. I'm telling you, that's just how sorry people can be. But hey, that's what he's facing at the church at Corinth and among these people. And he's got some friends over at Thessalonica. But he got some buddies over there. He got some country people over there. He's got those. They ain't all caught up in Aristotle and, and Plato and all that Greek philosophy. He got some old boys over there, ridge runners and rednecks. Not God. And he knows he can trust them to pray for him. And he's got the most difficult time to call him. Thank God when you find your crowd and your crowd loves. And they will. Brother Bill Kisser's my crowd. Brother Paul's my crowd. Brother Wee's my crowd. Y'all my crowd. Hey, man. Praise God. I come up here and start loving you people. I can't hardly tell a West Virginia joke no more. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got that sanctified yet. So, he's been chased out of Thessalonica. He's been chased out of Berea. I mean, listen. He spent a little time at Athens, Greek. Can you imagine? Man, them Greek freaks. I mean, Athens just ungodly yeah. and wicked as a devil. He's been over there, and then he begins his ministry here at Corinth and was met with great hostility. So here's a spirit-filled man. Brother Ruin's a courageous man. He's a man got love, got mercy. I believe Paul's got to the point it's taken such a toll on him, he's about ready to quit and go somewhere else. You see, now you, you motorheads in here, you'll understand this. If you never change oil in a car, man, that oil, uh, when that, that filter, you, probably, you don't change oil, you ain't changed the air filter either. So you're getting all that dirt and oil. You don't ever change the oil, and that oil filter's getting gummed up, and you're getting all that dirt in the motor, and it's uh, getting in the rings and the bearings, and it's uh, going to mess up your seal, and you're going to start smoking and all that stuff, but it does it a little bit at a time, and the devil does what he does a little bit at a time. He don't come all at once, but he comes in your thought life. He gets you disappointed out of heart. Somebody wound your spirit. Somebody hurt your heart. And there's no heart like church hurt. You know why? Because we love it. We're a family. Ain't nobody hurt you like your immediate family. Or the church family's a family too. And we're not expecting it. We don't expect bad things to be said. We don't go to church for that. Well, I'll tell you, I don't come there to fight. We come down here to worship. Now notice. So Paul is desperately trying to get this church at Thessalonica and he knows if the word goes out and they get it, they will pray for him. Can you imagine those little young converts? These are young converts, bro, Jody. They ain't even been saved long. Just like when Paul wrote to Rome, he had never met the Christians at Rome. He knew these Thessalonica. He didn't know them Christians at Rome. And they were young converts too. And when Paul wanted some prayer, he wrote to them to get them little converts to pray. They ain't been saved long enough to get mean. They ain't been saved long enough to backslide. Those little young converts just glad they're in the race. What do you think it means to you? Have somebody like Paul say, pray for me. But that ought to lift your spirits. That'll make you feel like somebody. But Paul's got enough confidence in you to say, pray for us. So I don't know how to pray. Had you learned how to talk? They ain't never been with two people born knowing how to talk and knowing how to communicate, knowing mathematics and everything else. That's happening. They, they know it all. They never be taught nothing. All of us since then have had to be taught. Had you learned how to talk? You started with gibberish. And then you went on and you go to God, you ain't got much confidence. Just listen. Just go tell God how you feel and what you want. Yeah. That's all you got to do. 
And you don't have to go in there with flowery words. God ain't looking for that. God's not looking at your heart. And you go tell God, Lord, I just want to stop and just thank you how perfect you are. There ain't none like you. There's none equal to you. You're the greatest thing ever happened to me. And I can't wait to see you and just keep bragging on him a while. You're going to start feeling a whole lot better. I guarantee you that. And then tell God, God, I'm having problems with doubt. I'm so ashamed, God. I'm doubting. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm so ashamed. I've got discouragement in my heart. But I want you to help me. And God will put on your heart where to read. Who to call like some Barnabas brother Bill. One of the sons of consolation. That God's raised up to be an encourager. Oh, thank God for those that can encourage you at the house of God. Listen, ask God for that. Ask God to give you the gift of encouragement. Man, what a glorious thing. See, your pastor, you like me, studying all the time, trying to get something fresh from God. We ain't got time to text like some of y'all. Make that your ministry. Be an encouragement to people, Amen. and they'll never forget it. I tell you, this wasn't, uh, I mean, this wasn't uh, Paul's first rodeo. He knew what it was to ask for prayer in Romans 15, 30. I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. 2 Corinthians 1 11, y'all so helping together by prayer for us. Ephesians 6 18 19, Paul asked for prayer that he'd open his mouth boldly, make known the mystery of the gospel. He's asking for power and simplicity and wisdom to preach the gospel. You don't preach the country boys like you do a, like you do a college university. You go at it then. That takes wisdom. I'll tell you, these anybody I ever seen, Ralph Sexton Jr. can preach to a senator or a president as easy as a five-year-old kid. I ain't got them gifts, but some of them got. Philippians 1:19, Paul said how that he believed he'd be delivered from the enemy by the prayers of the church. Colossians 4, 3, with all praying also for us, God would open us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, which I'm also in bonds. Paul said, pray that God would open up that door. I'll tell y'all something. I was talking to somebody today on the phone. I don't even remember who it was. But I was talking to Oh, I know it was now. And we was talking about sickness. And I said, I don't care how big of a prayer a man is. I don't care if he's Percy Ray. Greatest praying man, most powerful man I've ever been around. Dr. Ray gets sick. He ain't going to pray for himself. It ain't going to work. God will get him to get somebody to pray for him. You say, God, I ain't even have right with you. Dr. Reagan about walk on water. God said, I know, I ain't hearing him, I'll hear you. Now, folks, that's the way this thing works. They ain't no Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger in the Bible is Noah, and that's a one-off. That don't work for us. You watch it when you get sick. You ain't like your prayers don't get through. You can't feel God. You can't have faith, but somebody else can. I'm telling you, God will do that to let you know we're laboring together with God and we need one another. Thank God when the church prays. That life's a little round of sickness I had. If I'd known then, it was going to make me feel like I was 30 years younger. I'd have done it earlier. I'm telling you. But if God rejuvenated me, yeah, that hellish, ungodly, hell-bound China crowd COVID. Lord God, I got that mess three times. And the last time it attacked me bad. And uh, so anyhow, so here goes Brother Heath Williams and all you guys. Man, they praying all across the United States for me. I, I didn't pray for me. No. Didn't have no liberty to. I, wasn't gonna, I know that it wasn't for me to pray for myself. It's for everybody else too. Amen. But if such a cry went out to God on my behalf, praise God. I mean, yeah. buddy, God done something for me. Yeah. And he done it because of the prayers of God's people. Right. Now, if you don't believe that, why is Paul getting people to pray for him if he don't mean right. nothing? Right. Yeah. Why would God have him to get people to pray for him if he don't mean anything? Yeah. It does mean something. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't interested in what God can do. I want to know what God will do. Right. Yeah. I don't know his ways. Not what God can do anything he wants. I don't know what he will do. Amen. 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 And God said pray. And God said preach. And you do that and leave the rest to him. But you can't leave the rest to him till you've done that. Amen. Amen. First Thessalonians 5.25. Brethren, pray for us. 
Philemon 1, 22, Withal prepare me a lodging, I trust, that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. Yes. Now here's a man that no God, no grace, like no New Testament man. And he said, I'm counting on your prayers to deliver me. I thought God was sovereign. He is. I think man's responsible, and he is. And God works through means. There's a lot of things we wouldn't go through if we learn how to pray. There's some things God's going to do no matter what, and there's some things he's waiting on somebody to pray. Amen. Boy, this great apostle humbled himself and asked prayer. Aren't you glad Paul wasn't up here at the top and everybody else kissed my ring? I'm sitting on my throne. But Paul humbled himself enough to ask somebody to pray for him. Oh, you think about these struggling infants of the new converts in the church of Thessalonica. Paul, the Holy Ghost said, Paul, get them to pray for you. He didn't say get the church to or Philadelphia. He said, I'm going to hear them. I'm going to hear them. This is for them. Just like there's some people that God's going to save, but he chooses who to be preaching when they get saved. And he chooses who to sow the seed before they get saved. And it ain't always the same person does all that. That's a pastor may labor and labor and labor. I mean, he's preached for 10 years. Some evangelists come in and God bless that evangelist and God saved people. I'll tell you one thing. We just thank God that God let us give anything to have anything. Amen. 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 So the Holy Ghost through the pen of Paul is saying, get people to pray for you. The Spirit of God, let Paul know there'll be no victory without prayer and there'll be no victory now without prayer Amen. Now, this means that no believer is too spiritually immature. No babe is too big of a babe that they can't pray. Yes. But it's from God. I mean, you, you eat three meals a day, then all them snacks in between, you probably don't pray over them. But you're praying over them three main meals. Well, if you're praying over them three main meals, you might as well put a little PS on there. And God bless my preacher. Oh, God, it seems like he never opens his mouth but to change feet. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Brother Isaiah talking about putting the foot in the devil's mouth. If old Joe Biden can smell everybody's hair, I think we should put the foot in the mouth of the devil. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That ain't going to cost you nothing. You a Joe Biden lover, what are you doing here? <laughs> Lord God. Amen. Sure, I don't think nobody that weak. If you are, we love you anyway. And I messed that up, didn't I? That means nobody in the church is so young in the faith and immature they can't pray. And nobody in the church is there that don't need prayer. I mean, we all need Boy, I'll tell you, I had a good time coming up here listening to a bunch of sermons or several and then praying on my, for the church and their young people and for my preacher's list of all the area pastors and then my special list where I pray for a lot of y'all and it's such an honor and a privilege to talk to God about other people. You know why? Because if you, uh, there's one thing about this thing, but if you want some mercy, give mercy. If you want prayer, give some out and God will make sure you've got some. How encouraging it was for this church to know Paul is depending on us. Boy, that'll make you feel like you're somebody. It wasn't just Paul. The Lord had confidence in them. It's Holy Ghost got Paul to write this letter and get them to pray for him. It's the Spirit of God made it real to him. What a blessing to partake in the ministry of other people. Paul's asking three things real quick. He's asking uh, uh, for prayer that he'll have power to preach. Amen. Hey, you ain't learned how to do it and you never will. Right. Right. Without Christ, we can do nothing. Go ain't right. learn how to get up and impress people. Right. If you ain't got the anointing of God on you, just be more zealous about it. Right. That's what our guys do. Yeah. I'll tell you, you'll never learn how to do this thing because it can't be done without him. It ain't your outline, it's an inline. Hey, more than some pretty illustration and some pretty outline. We need God. We need the power of God. We need God to bless when we preach and God move when we preach. And we need God to get on us. And when people hear us preach, they'll know we turn into another man. That's right. 
God will turn you into another man. Now, he don't change your personality. He just sanctifies it. With all this stuff going on in this world, you think I can get up here and smile and praise God and feel the Holy Ghost in my soul? If I'm thinking about all the mess going on in this world, God sanctifies our mind. God will bless our spirit. God will let us worship while we're preaching the gospel. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. He's praying for power to preach. Christ told us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How's God's kingdom go? Through preaching. Through what we're doing tonight. This is how God does it. Did you witness the people? And I like what Brother Brother Jason said. Greatest thing you can do for a sinner is get them under the gospel. Get them in the atmosphere of the church. You say it ain't got no power. Why do you think you can't get sinners to come to church? It does have power. It does bother them. Amen. I remember old Paul Summerow, he took a bunch of sermons that I preached and other men, he put them out at truck stops. He said he'd give this old truck driver a tape of me preaching on something and uh, got down to the next truck stop. That man come across the parking lot shaking that tape. He said, this disturbs me. <laughs> he said, yes, most Preaching disturbs me. Oh, yeah. You throw a rock in a pilot and a bunch of dogs, which one's going to bark? Yeah. One you hit. Yeah. These people always raising sand and giving trouble. <laughs> you just identified them, didn't you? Yeah. Fierce opposition. Hey, I'll tell you something. You don't know how to win people to God to get over that mess. Right. They never ever learned how to do that. Yeah. The Holy Ghost wins people, not you. Yeah. Then give God the credit what he does. Amen. Huh? Yeah. Oh, you get puffed up in pride yeah. real easy. Right. Yeah. Tell you, God knows how to knock you back down to earth. Yeah. You say, you preach it. I don't know who I preach it. I just felt real good about saying it. <laughs> You're going to resurrect a dead man with what? You're going to get a deaf man to hear and a blind man to see? And an ignoramus is spiritually to understand. Are you crazy? There ain't nobody but God can do that. And God takes my little feeble words and somehow puts that in that sinner's heart. And that truth impregnates that sinner with conviction. And God gives him saving faith and grants him repentance. Glory to God and the Lamb for what God's done. Amen. Amen. God will bless the people that will give him the glory. I done seen, yeah, you might as well get honest about this thing. I done seen what percentage my converts are. For you say a hunter gets saved, let's wait two years see if you can find any of them. Huh? Right. Right. Nobody gets a hundred out of a hundred. Except that they're Pentecost, folks. Let's just be honest about this thing. It ain't your fault. It ain't because you didn't preach the gospel. It's because you can't change hearts. Amen. And a man that don't yield to God, oh, let me tell you how to go to heaven. Well, hey, I want that fire insurance policy. If you can tell me how to go to heaven, what's it going to cost me? It ain't going to cost you nothing. It ain't going to cost you nothing. You may don't have to quit shaking up. No, you got to believe. You mean I get to keep drinking liquor? Oh, yeah. God ain't a legalist. You mean I keep, uh, listen, mow the grass, don't smoke the grass. You mean I still get the, oh, yeah. You can make him Lord in about 30 years. Now, for you, say that ain't right. That's what I would call their name, but ain't going to. That's what this crowd been preaching for 50 years and filled our churches full of lost people. There's no power, no conviction, and no change life where that might be transformed. They didn't get nothing. That's right. Amen. Amen. We ain't got near as many backsliders as we think we got. Yeah. I hate to be so bold to the point. I'm just being bold to the point. What kind of a God saves a man and he's got to go to rehab the next 20 years to get off liquor? Come yeah. on now. Amen. Yeah. You mean the gospel ain't got no power no more? Yeah. Come on. I thought he saved his people from their sin. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, you, are you against people in the reading? No, I'm not against that. 
I'm for everybody getting off of drinking and smoking dope so they can get their mind back so they can hear the gospel and get saved. But the whole purpose of getting saved is to get delivered. What kind of testimony is it? I got saved 50 years ago and I've been in AA for 50 years. What? What kind of a convert's that? Now, folks, don't come up here and argue with me. I listen, God bless you. If AA's helped you, that's all right. Jesus Christ helped me. Hey, man, had a man and woman in the church. Had drug addicts, bad drug addicts. He got saved on Sunday. She got saved on Wednesday. And their other testimony was one step Jesus. Not Christ yet. One step Jesus. Hey, God delivered them, both of them from drugs. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that's what we're praying for. We ain't praying for recaps. Lord God, these truck drivers leave them. Of course, they don't even know they're lost. Them old alligators up tear your old car off. They bad as deer. We don't need no more recaps. We need regeneration. When somebody gets regenerated, God puts a new spirit in them. He puts a new nature in them. And they've got a love for God. They got a love for God's house. Now they're still in that old flesh. They can get out of God's will. But that ain't gonna last 60 years. Folks, listen to me. Let's quit taking up for our lost people and get serious because they're gonna go to hell when we're coming back there. Let's get honest. What did salvation do for you? You don't do that for nobody else? You know, Brother Jason, you're a prime example of what salvation does for a man. You don't want this whole county that that works. It don't work for nobody else. Say, why are you getting on that? I'm getting on that because we're so shallow in this hour. Oh, Oh, thank God. When the Holy Ghost says, let there be light, and there was light. The same way God created the universe, his way God creates a sinner, a regenerated on the inside. He says the word and puts a new heart and a new nature inside of that sinner. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. It is creative power by God. It's called the new covenant. Amen. We got any Bible readers in here? We're under the new covenant, the new heart, and the new spirit. To know the Lord will let you talk to him and want you to. I ain't never talked to the Lord as bad as he wants me to talk to him. So Paul needs power to preach. He wants to be affected. He wants somebody to believe. He can't listen. I'm going to learn how to give an invitation. Why don't you get over that junk? What do you mean learn how to give an invitation? I'm going to see these guys. I'm going to see their methods. Hey, it don't work. Oh, you got to manipulate somebody? What in the world are we doing? Let the Holy Ghost get them or leave them alone. Boy, that'll hurt your numbers, friend. Huh? Lord, what you got me up here making enemies? I come up here to be to get loved. Come on, We're so ignorant. We're so ignorant of the ways of God. Only the Holy Ghost can persuade a man to turn his back on his sin and agree with God and get converted. I've been trying to persuade Brother Larry. Me and you've been trying to persuade him all these years. And I can't persuade him. But I know who can. Because he persuaded me. Well, let's go on. i got to hurry. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Dear sweet people, listen. you got to do God's work God's way. They ain't no other way. Brother Johnny, you know that. You and Brother Tyler going around, y'all doing, God's using y'all, but you're doing it God's way. You're not preaching, God praying. You can't, you can't substitute holy living. You've got to live right. You've got to have a clean heart. You've got to, listen, you can't preach with a dirty conscience. You can't pray with a dirty conscience. You've got to live right and pray right. Amen. So, Paul didn't trust his abilities. He never trusted his past victories. He's not laying on the arm of the flesh. Now, past victories can encourage you. But he knows he's powerless to change the heart of any man. He couldn't change his own heart. 
But Jesus said, dear church, man, God's in this place. I feel him strong. Christ sat upon this rock. I build my church. And the gates of hell should I prevail against what I do. Don't expect your preacher to build no church. No preacher can build a church. Christ said, I'll build it. Don't they take the pressure off of it. All real success is the success of the Lord. How we're the most powerful, we're the most dependent on him. Paul would write, I planted a polis, watered, but God gave the increase. Who then is Paul, who's a polis, but God that gave the increase. Now, you are something compared to another man. But compared to what the Lord did, we're nothing. Compared to each other, we are something. They some men got more more success and effectiveness and that type of thing. And compared to me, they're greater men than me. But compared to what Christ did, we're all a bunch of nothing. Every time C.H. Spurgeon walked to the pulpit, he prayed to himself, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Man, if you if you 17 years old preaching to the multiplied thousand, it'd be easy to get full of pride, wouldn't it? Boy, he knew getting up there, he wasn't a thing he could do. I believe in the Holy Ghost. So the first prayer request, dear people, was power to preach. The second was protection from his enemies. We may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not the faith. That word unreasonable, Brother Bill, caught my eye. Because when I studied that word, it describes those who oppose two things. They oppose the message of Christ and the messenger of Christ unreasonable, not governed or acting according to reason or sound judgment, not rational, not fair, not sensible or appropriate. It means uncooperative, (laughs) obstructive, unhelpful, contrary, difficult, tiresome, annoying, headstrong, stubborn, pig-headed, inflexible. Well, Paul, you ever met any of those unreasonable men? (laughs) Well, sure you have. I mean, just idiots. They can't have it their way. The world be damned. But they're going to have their way. They're owner-operated. That's what most of these churches are. They're owner-operated. They don't care what God wants. Boy, I'm telling you, you preach or something, boy, them churches will love you because you just come in and preach and leave. But if you become the pastor and you got authority, them same people will hate you. That's right. right. People hate authority. They're not against your preaching. They're against your authority. That's the devil. Amen. Acts 18, Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia. Paul was occupied with the word of God. Verse number six, then they opposed themselves and blasphemed. He shook his raiment. People here is opposing. I mean, men oppose their own self and their own best interest. So Paul shook off his garments. That doesn't mean that he's against people. That means he knows when he's dealing with people that he's wasting his time. They ain't going to change. They someplace ain't going to change. They're going to run it. They're going to manipulate it. And they're going to do what they want to do. Ain't I talking about some West Virginia church? North Carolina too. It's, you can't share the faith with unreasonable men. Brother Bill, if you have a video of the truth, they'll lie. Because they're so stubborn. They won't admit it. Christ did all that miracles in front of him. And they wanted to kill him. Right, yeah. If you don't believe in depravity, you know the life straw that got Christ on the cross when he resurrected Lazarus and they could no longer lie that thing away and they saw him a living and instead of bowing down and saying this must be an act of God raising somebody from the dead, they opposed him and hung him on a cross for feeding the hungry, healing the sick, casting demons out of people. I thought these were good God people. Yeah, but he ain't one of them. Yeah. It ain't helping their cause. Well, you know what I'm talking about, unreasonable men. So the Lord, in verse Acts 18, 9, then spoke the Lord to Paul in the night of the vision, be not afraid. Brother uh, Paul, Apostle Paul number two here. You've been there. I've been there. Say, God, I've done all I can do. Been there. Lord, I've done all I know to do. So the Lord appears in a night by vision and told Paul, 
Don't be afraid. Paul's getting, he's tired of getting beat. He's tired of the rods and the stonings and the way tired of it. God said, don't be afraid. Speak and hold, not thy peace. For I'm with thee, this is in Acts 18, 9 through 11. I'm with thee and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. And that might be like Brother Paul, man, seeing all these people professing Christ, man down there, and I thank God. It makes me shout all the time, seeing God come through and blessing. Hey, some churches, God's doing that right now, and I thank God for it. And every one of them get Holy Ghost saved. Lord, I got it. Somebody ain't got to go to hell, and that is wonderful. But yeah. what Paul's saying here, he is saying, God, I want to quit. God said you can't. I've got a bunch of people I'm about to save. Brother Paul, he lets you know that. Got some people he's going to save. Amen. And I'm going to save money your ministry, so you got to stay here. Amen. That'll keep you from throwing in the towel. Yes. That next soul to be saved might be you. Yeah. Right. It might be your husband or wife, your child, your grandchild. How valuable that be. Yes. God blesses the church yes. because of the pastor and the people that follow him. Because yeah. it's God's way. God blesses it. God does the work, but he blesses people that are obedient. Amen. Amen. Okay, lastly. Finally, Paul, what does finally mean? Paul needed preaching power. He needed protection from his enemies. He needed the provision of grace. But if the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil? That means the Lord won't allow a temptation to come upon you such as common to man, and God will make a way of escape. You may be able to bear it. Hey, man, he always will. If we look to him, we have confidence in the Lord touching you that you both do and will do the things we command you. What's his confidence in? God's presence. His confidence, dear sweet people, is in God's promise. His confidence is in, in God's provision. His confidence here is in God's patience and God's providence. That's where his confidence is. Lord, you sent me. Give me the grace. Give me the grace. Just stay here until you're done with me. Because I don't want to go anywhere until you're done with me here. Verse 3, he goes for prayers for himself and pivots to the attention of the Thessalonians to look to the Lord. He said, now, youngins, after you pray for me, I want you to get your eyes back on the Lord. I want you to look to him. I know you're going to go through hard times and we're all going to die, you know. And my God, if God wasn't, if it's God's will to heal everybody, nobody ever die and go to heaven, you know. It ain't God's will to heal everybody. But I thank God it's his will to heal me two major times. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And it's God, God's will to heal a lot of people. Yeah. Hey, this church has got the power to pray and God heal people. It sure is. I tell you one thing. That, that healing stuff is sure cheaper than paying doctors. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Hospital bills. Why do we? Let's not make prayer the last option for the sick. Right. Let's make it the first. Amen. Amen. And let's pray. Amen. You say, what do you think we all do? I think you all do what James says to do. It's got to be biblical. It's got to be the right time. And it's got to be that person you're going to pray for. First of all, got to confess their sin. And in that situation, it's assumed that they're sick because of their sin. Read James 5. Their sins will be forgiven then. Hey, I want God to heal me. Why was God, for what? God's going to heal you. You're going to give him any glory? You're going to tell him that God did it? Or are you going to go tell him you got lucky? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, come on now. What's luck? Luck's robbing God of his glory. We give God glory. Say, God, if you'll heal me, I'll start going to church on Sunday night. God, if you'll heal me, I'll even go Wednesday night. God, if you'll heal me, I'll quit tipping you and start that. <laughs> Man. Give God a reason to heal you. Why, why does God need to leave you around? You going to bring glory to him? Brother Jody, we ought to want to be healed to bring glory to God. Not just see our grandchildren grow up, and that's a good reason. There's a lot of good reasons, but it ought to be for God's glory. Amen. God, I want to see my grandchildren grow up so maybe one day I can lead them to Christ. I can tell them about God. Praying together always allows the flow of the Spirit to move among the people. And somebody will have the spirit of prayer. Sometimes everybody does. Sometimes one person got the spirit of prayer and you say, God, 
He's a filling man. I'm just gonna start agreeing with what he said. Yeah. Amen. Start agreeing, oh God, save me. Oh God, save him. Oh God, oh God, heal them. Oh God, I'm praying off his faith. He's a filling. My God. I want you to do what he's asking. Amen. He's asking you in the yes. Holy Ghost. Amen. You say, well, I don't know what to say. Well, sit down and listen to other people pray. Amen. That's how you do it. Nobody knows how to pray when they first get saved. You don't have to play ball when you're born either. You learn it by practice. So Paul requests prayer to preach the gospel, protection from the enemies, provision of grace. And, uh, well, I throwed one more in here. I forgot to throw this in here. I plead for patience. You better need that, buddy. We need a lot of patience. Say, God, kill them. God said he didn't kill you. God, kill them. It'd be an old lot more funeral if God heard all my prayer. I quit doing that. I said, God, you know if they need to die. But I'd whole lot rather they get right. And they become your best friend. I'd rather God correct them. I'd rather, I'd rather praise God us hugging each other around the altar. If the men hugging, if they women get your wife to hug them, shake your hand. But the men hugging each other, that's a whole lot better than swinging each other. Ain't that the way it ought to be? Now, ain't somebody going to get right. And if God sends them down the road, don't you go get them, friend. Let them go. But it ought to break our heart. God give us patience, give us love. And Lord, if there's any way this can work out, God, let me say something. Let me do something. You know what sometimes God will do? You know how God sometimes will get you to show somebody you love them? Find out they got an anniversary coming up. Said, don't you take your wife out to eat on me. And that woman would claw your eyes out. Yes, she could. Because she ain't even saved. And she says, that money come from who? Oh, God, I might have been misjudging you. Huh? Yeah. That's how Christians act. Generosity. Love and kindness. That's how you do it. You show somebody love when they don't deserve it because you didn't deserve it either. If you're going to be Christ-like, you've got to be generous. You've got to be merciful. You've got to be holy. But you, you, you can't be self-righteous. It's like Brother Isaiah preaching. You've got to be separated but not isolated. Amen. I like him rhyming words. Amen. And Brother Bill's going to be our consolation. We pray that our hearts will be fixated on the love of God and the faithfulness of Christ. And the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God, Sister Lauren, you go. To the patient waiting for Christ. This thing ain't always going to be like this. Amen. When the Lord comes to be king, ain't nobody voting on him. He ain't coming to take sides. He's coming to take over. They didn't vote him in and they can't vote him out. <laughs> Thank God that you look forward to the rapture. Amen. The coming of the Lord. Well, folks, we look all around. See, you got children, you got grandchildren. Have you got somebody? I'll tell you something, church. I've said this here before. Brother Jay, I'm sure preach this all day. Brother Tyler, there's a key saying that if they would get saved, shake up this whole community. And God knows who that And there's a key person in this church that may be lost. If they got saved, just shake up this whole church. There's always pivot people and hinge people. Paul, I was preaching up there at Mount Victory on Nehemiah. There's hinge people in your life. Big doors swing on little hinges. But there's hinge people there's always somebody down the road forgot about you for 20 years like that old butler did for two years about Joseph and he remembers and that butler become the hinge person in Joseph's life there's hinge people folks that can fill up this beautiful family that's right boy they can saved they'll say you mean God saved a rascal like him yeah he's down there worshiping God these big trophies of grace, folks. You gotta pray extra for anybody been out deep in the sand. Cause there's such a trophy of grace. And the devil hates it so bad, he's gonna come after him with everything he's got. 
and you see a real bona fide lost church member for years or a sinner get saved deep in sin, you better really pray. Because Satan's coming out. Young person gets saved, that's a life saved. Satan's coming in short. We just need to start praying. You got the right said, I ain't good at it. Well, forget about being good at it. Just go tell God. You remember when you had kids, y'all need to pray too. You know, to ask your mama for something for Christmas or your daddy don't. Hey, I hope your pious asking big red. He ain't never brought me nothing. My father and daddy. 